welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Kirsty, I'm bloody knackered. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Why am I so knackered? Because <laughs> we actually went out and uh, socialised. Well, not socialised. We, we went out and mingled with other humans today. So We were amongst our brethren. We were. We went all the way to sunny London and... Uh, enjoyed several hours of london comic-con which was great but, yeah it was good but also just, uh, just row after row after row after row of funko pops yeah <laughs> that and anime yeah i've never seen i feel like they've taken a real turn towards the anime this year yeah it's well like, they realize that there's a lot of money in it so yeah a lot say. of very excited people but we had a really good time um cosplay was excellent as always um we we kind of walked past the bit where simon Pegg was for the inter- for the uh, autographs and photos and things like that but uh didn't get any closer than that but we did see quite a few simon Pegg cosplays of various characters which made us chuckle quite a bit no i didn't see any sean's though no no sean's there were a couple of uh, Sergeant Angels from Mot Fuzz, which made me laugh. And a couple of, uh, what's the guy's, King, King, the guy from The World's End. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God, I can't remember. Yeah, but there was a guy who had like the Sisters of Mercy shirt yeah. and like the leather trench coat and the, even the out of order sign around his neck. Uh, it was so good. Um the other thing that I noticed a lot of, which I'm sure there will be people going like, uh, it's from this, were there are a lot of people just walking around with with hot, with signs, like in full costume, with signs that just said free hugs. And I don't know I where a, this that's, has started from. Nah, that's like a Comic-Con staple. Really? Ever, ever since I've been going. Yeah. Like, well over, like, 10 years, like 15 years at least. I've always seen people just seem with free be, hugs. There just seem to be a lot more this year than I've seen in previous years. I think we need, so. a, lot, I think we need a lot more hugs this year. Uh, not not like that. The, no, just the <laughs> idea of hugging strangers. Just no, 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 no I'm good. Well, hey, there's that. Um, it's Halloween soon, Yay! like really soon. With this will pretty much this this kind of is our Halloween episode, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, it'll be out on the 28th yeah. so <gasps> Not three long. days Not three long. days so I hope everyone's looking forward to Halloween um, we got you covered yeah we're surrounded by uh, flickering candles and uh, pumpkin fairy lights and all sorts of decorations and stuff here so we are ready peanuts curled up in a tomb in a, like, a little coffin <laughs> little crypt keeper oh, that'd be I the kind best of, yeah I kind of want like a coffin basket now is that wrong and then she just rises up like the, does the proper like that'd be great oh, that'll be next week so stay tuned yeah. for the end of the episode to find out what we're watching next week and maybe stay tuned for some little Halloween surprises along the way Ooh. from your old from your old chums at behind the sofa <laughs> um, but anyway what are we talking about this week this week we are at number 84 on our list um, this is The Orphanage which came out in 2007 
um, directed by uh, J.A. Bayona. Bayona, I'm so sorry, could not find a pronunciation. Um, it's actually uh, uh, one Antonio Bayona. Um, so he had uh, got hold of the script and he is uh, good, good friends with uh, the lovely um, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, this is convenient. Yeah. Uh, but he actually spoke to him and like, showed him the script and managed to like persuade him and said, like, if you come on, I'll direct, you produce, and you help me to like double the budget, basically, because I want it to look like uh, classic 70s Spanish cinema, and I think they've managed to do that pretty well. Um but uh, yeah, so I mean, the, the, the kind of summary of the story or the, the plot is that um, there's a woman who uh, had a lovely childhood in an orphanage and uh, she came back and decided to buy the building after it had been closed for a number of years um, with the plan of doing it up and um, making it a, uh, a home for uh, children with special needs. Um, and then while she's doing the house up, uh, her own son, who has his own uh, medical issues, uh, vanishes without a trace, and the film is basically her attempting to find him. So the f- it takes a it doesn't take a while to get going, but it does have a very kind of easy pace. Mm. I've got to say, it gets you know the 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 start is pretty uh, leisurely. Mm. Um, which is nice, you know what I mean. It does. It's not one of those movies that kind of relies on, like wham bam, thank you ma'am, no. jump scares. Like there's a death within the first like two minutes. You know what I mean? It's not that kind of movie. Um, I mean, we have had movies like that where we've been like, there is everything. I think we've said it about Scream, didn't we? Like every yeah, scene yeah. has got like a death or a jump scare or something horrific like that. If you're into that, that's great. If you're in that, if you're in the mood for that, like you know, we we really enjoyed watching Scream. But the, this type of movie just shows you how many different ways that can, you know, that a horror movie can be put together, mm. and um, how the pacing can change so much, but still give like so much tension. I think in some areas. So yeah, definitely, it's <clears throat> um, it's a real tense little movie. It's, mm. You know, there's loads of little classic nods and scares and jumps, and yeah, I yeah yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it kind of we, we'll jump all over the places we're used to. So if you've listened to us before, you'll know that um, like this is probably what we'll do, rather than like a plot by plot. Um, but yeah, some of the bits, you know, like they really try to. It's it's definitely got that um, like gothicy, romanticy, yeah, sure. beautiful, poetic, but still horrific kind of thing that you've come to know and love, or I've come to know and love from. Uh, anything that Guillermo del Toro has uh, had a hand in in any way do you feel like he's it's almost too much like a Guillermo del Toro film mm, I considering, don't, I, it, considering it's not his film yeah but I don't I don't think I have a problem with that I think Bayona was like I mean I don't know much about him but I have a feeling you know like they're they're friends but I think they've worked together or I think like he was like mentored by del toro mm. so he's he's definitely got that feel to him but i don't know whether there's like other um like spanish directors that do these sorts of films mm. um but yeah i mean you know the fact that it was like a script by someone directed by someone else and then produced by del toro he's gonna he's gonna have like for someone who's got 
you know like the vision that he has to like all of his films he's he's just one of those people who has got this signature look I was gonna and say I if, love it I feel like it's got his sticky little fingers and all over it I I am not mad about it I'm not mad about it because you know I love like he's not my favorite I've mm. got to say I feel like he's a bit over hyped oh, just because you didn't like Crimson Peak Crimson Peak fucking blue <laughs> Oh my god, what a hunk of shit that was! But there are there are a couple of his other films I'm not mad keen on. Name them. Hellboy's not my favourite. Mm. I don't love Hellboy. Yeah, but I like Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's I like La- Pan's Labyrinth. Is I like great. Devil's Backbone. Devil's Backbone. That's great. probably about it. You don't like Kronos? Have you seen Kronos? No, I've not seen it. Mm, yeah, we'll go through some of the other ones. I, but know, like... I, feel, I feel like that's pretty. People are getting all kind of mad. I'm too tired to really. <laughs> filter anything that I'm saying right now it's just it's just blurting blurting straight out of my mouth but, but anyway I, I don't know I just what other films has he done Shape of Water was okay <laughs> it was pretty good Shape actually. of Water was beautiful it was pretty good yeah I mean I, I love like anything like that where you just feel like transported into this like beautiful little world and it's just so I don't know like the the house in this movie was one thing that struck me like they did really well with that it was like it's sort of on this little spit of land like there's a lighthouse nearby um and the house you know it opens and it's it's being moved into so you feel this sort of like breath of life coming into it it's all filmed during the day and everything like that and everything looks beautiful and then um you know things start happening at night um after um uh, Simon was the little boy who uh, vanishes after he vanishes they shoot it with the light behind it so it just becomes like this it looks dark and like it's it's just like the house has got a life of its yeah. own it makes creaky noises and you're wondering whether those like all the way through you're wondering whether those noises are like things in the walls whether it's the plumbing whether it's the house settling because it's old you know like it's 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 just that perfect ghost story of like some so many things can be explained away as like it's just your imagination or you're going crazy or you know it's just the noises of the house or whatever but like everything has something behind it and i just think that's like it's so cleverly done yeah i think it really gets moving once they um once they get to the caves for the first time so basically the kid is uh, hiding out in the cave his, his mum has gone down to the beach with him um, and then he sees well she sees him talking to someone else in the cave mm. um, I feel from at that point it's it gets going mm-hmm. I was like okay I've had the setup, I've had the niceties let's get down to brass tacks and it was there you know what I mean it's, yeah, yeah. Then, it, then it kicks on quite nicely so from then we get the, uh, the kind of like opening day of the orphanage and all the kids have come uh, Simone and and Laura the mum have a big argument let's just talk about Laura the mum as well for a minute she's awesome yeah she's great she um, she reminds me or like that I think I read when I was reading about it that um, like after this this got like you know a whole bunch of people really loved it it was one of those films that like I know that you don't put a lot of stock in that because like it, I think there are other films where that's happened but like it it showed at Cannes and it got like a 10 minute standing ovation yeah I don't think that means anything <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they'll fucking give a standing ovation to the Torval and Dean was it Tor- <laughs> was it Pearl and Dean fucking uh, intro on the Torval and Dean Torval and Dean I'm tired but um 
yeah like right after that i mean you consider this as like 2007 so like 12 years later whether it will actually ever come to light but like they wanted to make like a like an english language like an american remake this mm, is all in spanish don't. but my my uh like immediate thought was like if they were making it years ago then it would have been francis mcdormand would have been laura i think really like, frantic mother yeah like she wasn't after 2007 Mm, yeah maybe maybe would maybe have been not. a bit younger but um she reminded me quite a bit like like facially some of the some of the um facial expressions and stuff she reminded me a little bit of elizabeth banks really yeah man you and i watch clearly i'm tired all my eyes are, i don't know <laughs> ollie's but, tired eyes are not but, seeing I mean, elizabeth she's banks great. like she's um her and name's yeah, Bel- belen yeah belen belen rueda um, she was like a Spanish TV star. Um, she was then in a film called um, The Sea Inside, which I think is where they saw her and they were like, she'd be perfect for this. Um, but like, she's won like uh, the like Goya Awards, which yeah, are like yeah. yeah, like the big the big awards in Spain. So um, the the scene where you really can tell this uh, this this person knows how to knows how to act. Like that scene where Simon goes missing, mm. and you can see that uh, awesome, like fraught tension in her face mm. and just her voice. It reminds me of um, the Babadook, which yeah. we talked about before, where it's sort of like you can really sense like this is a woman who's on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yep, um, and that came across across really, really clearly. She's um, got like amazing... I said, I think her performance was awesome. She has amazing expressive eyes. Yeah, I feel really? like if, if it wasn't for her, this movie probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Whether they could have got someone else in, but her performance in particular yeah. is uh, is really, really awesome. But yeah, so she has, um, you know, she's she's obviously getting stressed about having to, like, sort this house out. And then on opening day, um, you know, they, uh, like, bring in the families and the kids to see whether, like, the the kids would uh, come and stay here they crack out a trunk of the creepiest paper mache yeah, masks why? Why? I've ever seen <laughs> and, <laughs> and everyone's just wandering around like hoo, hoo. and it was clear it was just literally for the bit that, that, that like, for me just <clears throat> was like straight up The Shining yeah or like Wicker Man like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But more like the shiny, where it's like creepy old house. Yeah. People, you walk around one corner and there's a guy in a weird bear mask blowing some dude. You know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> that's all it all it made me think of. Especially, there's a really creepy elephant mask, which I thought was the the weirdest one. Yeah. I didn't like but, it. Um, that was literally to cover up the fact that like there was one there's one kid in the middle of the crowd who's wearing like a sack mask type thing, um, and is in like a little sort of smock dress, like looks very out of place. Um, and then, um, uh, and then she notices that like Simon, who's been talking about his friend Thomas, um, who she's never seen before, uh, that she claimed that he claimed she met, uh, they met in the caves, and he was talking to like no one, and uh, he was like, oh, can he come out? Come, can he come up to the house and play? And she was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, good parenting. Like you just let your kid wander around in a cave with a torch talking to no one and then says yeah okay he can come up and play in the house and then Simone is dropping shells as he walks back up the hill to, as like a path for the kid to come up to the house um, which is creepy um, it's, and cre- then... it's creepiest when a bunch of those shells turn up later on yeah like just... outside the front door I was like ooh I like that yeah, that was, was a nice good. little visual it's good and then um, and then 
she's trying to get Simon to come downstairs to come and meet the children and come and join in the party and he's like I want to show you Thomas's little room and she's like well we haven't got time for that now and they have like an argument and stuff she slaps him and she's just like okay if you want to stay up here then you can stay up here um and then um she's trying to find him later on and she can't find him and then she's like running around the garden like pulling masks off children trying to find Simone children who look nothing like Simone like yeah. the, one of them's like a little girl like a yeah. redheaded girl with pigtails I'm like come yeah. on but, I, I, mean, know, I, wonder... I know grief will do some strange things to yeah. people but but I mean I wonder it's like the, the masks are sort of two things you know like the fact that you can just have like this kid wandering around in a mask and it's fairly normal-ish um, and also just the frantic like trying to find her son like in, in a, a, yeah. a whole like garden full of strangers it was kind of it was pretty cool um, but before that we'd already seen um, like this random social worker woman just turns up at the house um, and uh, and then we find out that um, Simon was adopted uh, and not only that that he is actually HIV positive which they've kept both of those things from him so he doesn't know he's adopted he doesn't know why he has to take these pills every day um, but they were waiting until he was older to be able to tell him because he's what like meant to be like six or seven at this point I think or something like that isn't no, he? he's, he's quite young that, isn't he? I don't know like ten um, but um yeah, so he's, um, like, yeah, the uh, the social worker suddenly turns up a bit later after, um, uh, yeah, she, she turns up, a bit, <laughs> turns up a bit later at the house, um, with a spade, and we're all like, okay, and then she just runs away, she doesn't actually, like, attack her or anything like that, which is quite cool, because normally if someone is like an intruder is found then they usually uh it ends up being a big old fight and this woman just sort of scurries away into the dark and then she's gone and it was like okay yeah it was kind of creepy yeah um it was creepy enough i think they were you know at that point it's getting to the kind of subverting of what's there's gonna be a scary ghost and it's like it's not it's just some old woman hanging out in the shed (laughs) um but yeah um there's a really cool scene in between that as well the little treasure hunt scene yeah. which uh, which kind of turns up later on has a kind of a, a more significant part later on mm. they kind of revisit and replay the scene um, but I really enjoyed that I thought it was really well played out you know it shows kind of the relationship between the mum and the kids so that was really cool yeah. um, I feel like we're going to jump jump ahead now yeah so you've seen Thomas um, and then uh, she gets locked in the yeah that that was the bit sorry she gets locked in the bathroom there was one bit where he uh thomas slams the door on her hand she pulls her hand out and then she uh realizes her fingers bleeding and just pulls her fingernail off and i was like oh uh, no not into the fingernail, fingernail uh, yeah it's a bit grim no, it's um gross. but then you know then we start to kind of like jump around in time a little bit we've got um uh tom uh not thomas simon has gone missing uh, and he's been missing now for six months and they're kind of like tracking loads of like uh, appearances of him across the map there's a lot of talk about how uh, Benina the, the social worker old lady quote unquote social yeah, worker who's not really a social worker yeah they, they found out after she uh, after she's Laura's running around looking, looking for Simone she manages to break her leg which is also gross um, and uh, when they're in the hospital uh, with a little cameo appearance from Guillermo del Toro as the doctor 
he doesn't say anything he's not credited he just oh, literally okay. is in there um they she she's given the name to the police of the woman who came to the house and uh they just do the the perfect like but who was phone kind of yeah. um <laughs> like creepy bit where it's just like there's no one with that name who's a social worker and you're like <gasps> who the is she from oh my inside God. the house yeah i love that um but yeah, so there's this real, you know, like that. Yeah, they're they're trying to search for things, and um, Carlos, Laura's husband, who really doesn't do much in this whole film. Yeah, poor it's guy. one of the one of the weakest aspects of the yeah. whole movie. I mean, he does well with what, like, the actor does well with what he's given, but he's really not given much. But he gives her a uh, a necklace that he wears, which is um, Saint Anthony, which I was like, ah, oh, nice touch, because Saint Anthony is um, the patron saint of lost things. So if you've ever lost something, if you're like Catholics mostly, but if you've ever lost something, then you uh, you say a quick prayer to Saint Anthony, and he's meant to help you find it again. Oh, so, okay. so it's like just that little knob there was pretty cool. Um, but I want to jump to the scene where they're in that weird snowy town. So there's like the, there's mm. this there's this scene where um, what the fuck can I, have I forgotten her name? Laura. Laura. And uh, and Carlos are basically driving through this little town, and all of a sudden they see Benina, the quote unquote social worker, mm. and she shouts out to her, and she stops in the middle of the road. She's pushing a buggy as well, um, and she gets hit by a bus. And it made me jump. Like, I mean, I haven't seen this movie in years, and like, I'd obviously forgotten this part. But like, literally, she does the whole, you know, like turns around, sort of looks at her, and then there's no sound of anything apart from you just seeing this bus truck whatever it was just like slam into this old woman it's insane <laughs> but what is it with this Guillermo del Toro and he's got this weird like uh, he loves to put like one really shocking bit of violence in every movie it works for me you know what I mean it's got like in Pan's Labyrinth it's the guy getting his fucking head caved in with a bottle yeah and then there's like spoilers the f- well <laughs> Well, okay. Although although Pan's Labyrinth did come out a year before this, and this yeah, is twelve years say. old, so I'm not giving fucking spoiler warnings for Pan's right. Labyrinth. If you've not seen it, all right, then that's, calm down. That's you. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, very shocking. I'd say, you know what I mean? Like you see this woman get hit by the bus, and then they're giving her mouth to fuck knows how they gave her mouth to mouth, but they try and give her mouth to mouth, and then um, uh, Laura see she's got like a little whistle on her which is something she's heard in the house mm. uh, and as she kind of like grabs the whistle uh, the woman kind of like pulls back the fucking grabs her wrist grabs her wrist and pulls back the the corpse cloth what do you call it <laughs> it was just literally a blanket yeah a blanket they'd like put produced. over her face to like cover it up and she's her jaw is all kinds of in the wrong place yeah it's not good but I mean they did it really well because they did like you know they were like trying to like give her mouth to mouth they were doing like CPR and everything like that and then like her like Carlos just looks up and goes like no and they pull the blanket over her head but as they pull it over it just gives the tiniest glimpse of like this mangled face and you're like oh god I'm kind of glad I didn't see that and then it goes back to it and it holds on it for quite a few seconds and you're like ah oh! <laughs> her jaw is like off to the side it's yeah it's pretty gross um but yeah i literally wrote jaw ripped off my god because <laughs> it was just this slight flash of it and you're like oh and it was like 
that was enough and then it and then it just went back to it like you were not expecting it to go back to it um let's talk about the ghost hunting scene oh okay that was so, fun so basically um laura she's at her wits end and she decides to like uh, go and see uh, a bunch of uh, parapsychologist people mm. uh, like ghost hunters basically and they have like a real poltergeist scene yeah. where it's like they set up the cameras in the house like it, you know what I mean I feel like every horror movie of the last five years has mm. a scene exactly like this where it's like they put a bunch of cameras throughout the house they use the old um, what is it e- like, EVT what is that e- thing EVP EVP um, where they kind of like record the sound so they can play it back later and hear any messages and stuff like that they have a weird kind of like uh, this house, uh, this is, house clean. is clean exactly she's <laughs> great to, yeah I was she's, just about um... to do a crap impression of that but <laughs> um, so they have some kind of slightly creepy looking older woman yeah um, it's good I really enjoyed that scene it was very very tense and and scary and Kirstie's got a hand up in the air like she wants to say something fun 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 fact the uh, Aurora the woman who is the uh, like the psychic lady who uh-huh. does very very well they were all like super excited about her being there because she is like a very well known actress her name is Geraldine Chaplin mm-hmm. she is uh, the daughter of Charlie Chaplin She's the oldest daughter of Charlie Chaplin, um, but she's been in a, a bunch of stuff. She was like, do- she was in Doctor Zhivago, um, and uh, yeah, she's been like a whole bunch of stuff. She even played her own grandmother in the Charlie Chaplin biopic with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So they were like super excited about her, but like Jaya Biona did like. Um, which directors have done this? I know that. Um, I'm pretty sure that Kubrick did it. I'm pretty sure that um, like they did it on the set of The Exorcist as well, where it was like um, they would constantly keep the cast on edge by like jumping out at them and like shooting shotguns and stuff. Like yeah. I've heard of directors doing that. Bayona did it with uh, Geraldine Chaplin um, when she's in the bedroom uh, and she's like kneeling down towards the to the bed and everything. That was one of the first scenes that she filmed, or one of the only scenes that she filmed. And uh, he was laying under the bed and grabbed her ankle. So that scream that she has on the like when she's like in the room, like scared shitless, that is actually a real a real scare. But <laughs> motherfucker, <laughs> so that's a way to break the ice, I guess. But you know, um... I feel like that could backfire so easily. Like, but yeah, I'm I out think... of here. It's fucking too good for this yeah. shit. So I mean, yeah, the 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 bit with the, the going back a wee bit was like the paranormal society bit. There's always like a big eccentric dude yeah. who I kind of love he reminded me of um, Otho from yes! Beetle, from Beetlejuice oh, <laughs> I want to be yeah big fat so, yeah. big fat psychologist parapsychologist I love it so much but yeah he's in there and he's talking about like doppelgangers and all sorts of stuff which is it's just really cool and I was like yes I was really excited about like the paranormal bit I mean we've already we've missed out a little bit that was earlier where like um it's, it's again this mix of like beautiful bittersweet heart-wrenching and then like proper creepy stuff is that laura's lying in bed and she feels her husband like climb into bed next to her and she's like telling a story about like when they first got simon when he was a baby 
and uh, you know how she just has to get him back and everything else and then she turns around and she sees that there's like the bathroom light is on and she sees like feet moving like in the uh, under the crack in the door and she's like someone else is in the bathroom then the door opens and Carlos comes out of the bathroom and you're like oh my god well if he's there then who's in the bed and she whips the, the bed covers up and there's no one there and it's that that's it's just like a classic kind of yeah. horror movie thing but it's just done really well that one didn't get me that much mm. i was like it was obvi- it was a oh, real yeah. it was obvious that that's where it was going but it was yeah. still done so really i felt well. like when it when it's so obvious i was like i can't be i can't be super scared by this yeah. but this is good um the countdown bit was creepy where they were like counting down yeah, to like good. like i said at this hypnosis. point i start, i felt i find myself having written lesser like fewer and fewer and fewer notes because mm. this movie just really sucks you in yeah it's great it's really good like the mystery of it is really engaging and engrossing um the scary bits are you know nice and subtly creepy uh it looks beautiful the performances are all pretty spot on um yeah like i said i just found myself just getting really sucked into it and mm. i've I've seen this movie maybe like two or three times before, but even then I still couldn't quite remember all of the ins and outs of it. Yeah. So I was trying to, I was totally engrossed. It was awesome. But I love that though. Like they had, you know, like just, like I said, it was, it's all the, it's all the hallmarks of a classic haunting, all the things that are, like normally would be like a stereotype and you'd be like, oh God, I've seen it before. But it's just done in such a good way. Like you've got the psychic wandering around the house and she is creating footsteps. She's in the room above where they're recording, where they're all sitting, waiting and watching the cameras and recording her. And you can hear the footsteps as she's walking across the, the you know, like the ceiling uh, above them. And, you know it's creepy enough like you know it's her and they know it's her but it's still like enough for like ringing footsteps to be heard like yeah it has an effect yeah and then she says that she's cold and that again is always a little bit of a you know like a foreshadowing of like something gonna something's coming and like then you hear children's voices and it's almost that I said you know like the music goes really dramatic and there were certain bits that like really gave me like a Twilight Zone kind of vibe like it was just that kind of real Mm. creepy slight twist to it and stuff but I mean what what we uh, find out is that um, the the five children um yeah, we we sorry, we've jumped forward a little bit again. That's all right. Um, There's so, other creepy kids it, yeah. in the house as well, so, not yeah. just not just Thomas. Yeah, so Thomas, uh, it turns out that Thomas died thirty years before this film, uh, before this film, before the uh, the the things that happen in this film. Um, he died. Uh, the other children in the orphanage played a trick on him um, because it turns out that he actually wore the sack mask because he was deformed. Um, and they lured him into the caves and then they took his mask off and they were like, they wanted to see if he would actually come out like with his face on show. And uh, he drowned in the cave and then they found his body at low tide, which is really, really horrible. But it turns out that Benigna um, was his mother. Um, and while they were in the orphanage, they kept him in a, in the basement downstairs and when he came up and out he would wear the sack mask but like most of the time he would just stay indoors which is a little bit odd but um when the thing is when this uh when this film resolves itself it just made me think oh this is kind of like friday the 13th 
Like, with the mother, with a mother and revenge, a kid, and a kid with a sack on his head, yeah. and the kids play a trick on him, and he dies, and yeah. she holds them all responsible. Yeah. So I mean, it turns out basically that like Benigna, in like a mother's rage, um, feeds the children like poisoned fruit, like fruit, cake, fruit, pie. fruit pie thing. Looks good um, as well. Looks like good fruit pie. And uh, yeah, so you've got um, Aurora, who is the the psychic, and she's just like in the room with the six beds, and uh, you can hear the children screaming over the like recordings, and she's just like, "Who did this to you? You know, like you're sick and." you know i want to help you and you know i don't know what to do and it's yeah it, it just builds up and up and up and it's crazy and then you've got people just like well this is obviously a trick they've done it so they're trying to get money out of you and everything else um and um then like they suggest to laura that like the reason why uh simon has always had like imaginary friends uh, why he is sort of a magnet for these weird things that are happening in the house is because of his uh, because of his illness because of his condition that he is uh, closer to death and so he has more of a connection with these uh, with these spirits which is an interesting take on it um, whether that is actually what they meant to um, you know have it sort of focused around or not is is a different story but I mean I wrote at this point it was kind of a, a slow burn but then right at that bit yet another treasure hunt starts which i love um so it's just the way that like a child would try and bring your attention to something is like they would you know like if it was a it, what i would imagine like a child ghost would do yeah they would uh they would be a little bit more subtle Hide little weird treasures and yeah. clues and yeah you know, those and kinds i love of that i absolutely love that and we get lots of shots of lovely doorknobs because the last clue in there is the doorknob and we're I'd trying say, to work out i'd say three too many doorknobs yeah there were a few there was, a, t- there was a few too many big, doorknobs for my life. it's liking. a big house it's a big house there were lots of doorknobs but they didn't notice lovely. show every single doorknob of the whole building but they were all very nice they were, they were all very oh, nice I'll give doorknobs. you that well done um, so yeah Laura finds that um, basically finds the you know like works out what's happened um, and then ends up finding uh, like the burnt and desiccated remains of uh, all of her friends who were the ones because she was adopted just before all of this happened so she would have been part of it if she um, if she'd stayed um, but yeah so she finds like a jawbone and a skull and a rib cage and it's all a bit horrific and we work out that that's what Benigna was doing she with the spade she was going in there to go and retrieve the bodies and move them because she obviously didn't think anyone was going to be coming back and buying this house and doing it up so um we're into the end now yeah so we work out so basically uh the husband's gone husband's like i can't take any more of this shit you should probably move out of here because you're losing your mind and she's like no i can't i have to stay here now that we found all these kid bodies yeah um so she basically tries to make the house as closely resembling how it did 30 years ago mm. to try and bring the spirits back um so they can tell her what's happened to simone mm. they she starts playing the game the game that they played when they were kids which is really cool i like a little creepy knock, like knock, the knock knock knock, knock. Yeah, i used to uh, play a similar game but not exactly like that so you basically knock like, on so like moving statues right where yeah. it's like all of a sudden you turn around and like everyone has to be still otherwise you're out yeah um but yeah then it's so through creepy. the game through the game it basically leads her to the basement and the basement is thomas's little house mm-hmm. um i love this ending yeah it's a really good ending 
I love it's, the... it's better than the the real ending. Yeah, I love the aerial shot in the little room. So basically, when she says like Thomas's little house, so um, you actually enter it through like a broom closet, and that's where the doorknob comes into play because she like peels back the wallpaper, finds the the secret hidden door, and like um, fits the doorknob in, opens it, goes down the stairs, um, finds all the you know all the stuff that basically leads you to fight to realize that this was like thomas's little little house um and yeah it's just so well done it's the slow like drip 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 of clue and then just the just the the realization starts to dawn on you and then and then her yeah that because of her looking so frantically for simon she basically pushed the door, pushed the uh, kind of like scaffolding in front of the door, and he couldn't get out. And then it shows like a little flashback of a noise that you heard, she heard during the night. And it turns out that noise was like him falling, falling. down the stairs uh, and breaking his neck. So you basically find out that Simon has basically been tombed in, entombed inside the house the whole time. Yeah, um, and it's gut wrenching as well. Yeah, you hear, so you good. know, like the noises she makes when she finds. Uh, Simone's body is she's just horrific yeah yeah but it's yeah she's so all these things like I said before you know that you would have like sounds in an old house uh of plumbing and house settling and stuff that you would just assume could be like totally explained away all have suddenly have a little story behind them as to like what they are what and what's happened but it's so so good um and you're wondering whether like she has kind of gone mad like at what point she suddenly like lost her mind Mm. but um yeah so she basically um uh takes him up takes his body upstairs uh into the bedroom into the children's bedroom so you've got these six little beds um and she uh is just holding him like wrapped in a blanket she um is taking pills that she's obviously been given for like nerves, like sleeping like, pills yeah and uh she just takes a lot of them and then um yeah she's like during one of the treasure hunts earlier on simon had said you know i need to find all these treasures and stuff and find my my special treasure um and then i can make a wish um so yeah he he wakes up or she's just like you know all i want is for you know for you to come back and uh and all of a sudden the room goes from like nighttime to daytime um simon uh wakes up um and it's another you know there's all these little nods back to it like earlier on like they were like sleeping in the same bed and um he's like you know mommy can i wake up and so he says that again and it's really sweet and um the main thing i remember from this part is um they are talking about the the, the lighthouse basically there's a lighthouse like a peanuts peanut. peanuts having Honking. a customary honk session <laughs> after she just like uh, finishes her kong and says i need a bit of water Ugh. um but yeah basically oh, peanut the <laughs> god it's oh, noise Right, let me sort her out. I'll keep keep talking. So basically, the lighthouse comes into play at this point, and it's kind of like uh, it's a light that shines over us and protects us all. Um, 
Oh my god, is she okay? Yeah, she's fine. You're alright. Yeah. She's fine. Don't worry about her. We we don't Thank mistreat you. our dog. Thank you, listeners. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Um, yeah. So the lighthouse starts shining at this point. It's like the light that looks over us. I guess kind of like a bit of a the invisible light. Yeah. Heaven, heaven light. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah. And that's basically it. it Wraps yeah. us up. The only thing that happens after that is that. Uh, so obviously, it's implied that. Well, it's not implied. It's said. It's said pretty clearly. Um, Claire then decides that she's going. Claire. Laura. Laura. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Tired. <sighs> Laura says <laughs> that she is going to look after the kids. Well, they ask, "Will you look after us?" And that was like, his yeah. wish. That was yeah, his that was wish, his wish because he found his the coins. Yeah. Uh, and he says, "Will you look after us all forever?" And she's like, "Yeah, of course." Yep. Um, but it's really sweet because, like, the kids obviously they were her friends from when she was small, and then she grew up, and the kids were left at the orphanage and obviously died. Um, and there's one little blind girl who goes up to her, and it's really sweet because they've mentioned previously about, um, like. Lara and Simon had talked earlier about like Peter Pan and like growing up and going to Neverland and she said oh I'm too old to go to Neverland and everything else and it was just you know seemed like a little throwaway thing that was just setting the scene of like Mm. how she speaks to him on a you know like she won't just be like oh I haven't got time for you she will answer his questions and stuff and be like a you know like a present mother I guess and so you're just like oh that's sweet but then later on like um yeah uh the little blind girl walks up to her like little blind girl ghost like runs her hands over her face and says it's laura and all the rest of the kids come like running up they're really happy to see her and everything and then they're just like oh you're like wendy you grew up you know like and Mm. it and it reminded me so much of like that little bit in pan where like in in hook sorry where um like the the lost boys come up and like run their hands over robin williams's face and they're just like oh there you are peter and i was like oh heartbreaking but it's so bittersweet because you know she's got her son back but like she's you know she's she's died and and then she uh she gets what she wanted which was to create a safe space and a home for like five or six children to tell them stories and to make them feel like they've got a safe place and to be and and to be with simone forever yeah because obviously the whole thing is that he has this you know disease that they can't control for too long and that he's going to die eventually yeah and then she'll be left without him so now it's kind of like everyone gets what they want yeah um and then also at the end the the kind of uh cynical uh non-believing father finds uh the the little medallion the little saint, saint anthony, anthony. Uh, and then he smiles and the doors blow open with some windy um believes. now i like the end in the basement i don't like the end in the bedroom okay especially well it gets super schmaltzy yeah but can you imagine if they just ended it with her like howling down the bottom of the stairs i could have i could have easily had it end where um with her telling the stories with even before that Mm. i could have had it end where she looks in the room and all the kids are in there and she just kind of like smiles at them and she's like I'm going to look after all of you from now on I could have had it end there but then it keeps on going and then it's all a bit like everyone's having a big old group hug at the end and I was like okay this is uh, (laughs) um, it's getting a bit it's getting a bit over egg in the pudding yeah Um, is that a thing yeah Yeah. that's the thing Um, 
You should know. I do. And why? Why should I know? <laughs> I'm always having eggy pudding. Is that what you're saying? Um, but yeah, um, the end with uh, with Carlos when he's like smiling after he finds the Saint Anthony um, medallion. I was like, yeah. yeah. That's why I gave it a big, big thumbs down at that point. But I mean, you know, as as like ghost stories and stuff go, like a lot of the paranormal ones, we've talked about it before. We haven't had too many of them that have been that bad, but like there are a lot of people where the script just does not know where to go. Like they know what the scary stuff yeah, yeah. is, but they don't know how to tie it up. I think this tied it up in yeah, the uh, saddest, most heartbreaking way, but it ties it up really well. It does. I that I will agree with. Yeah. I just feel like the actual that tiny little bit at that, the end, that tiny little bit okay, at the so end. Okay, so if just you kind of, snip that bit off, what do you be, think about the film? There are still parts of it that I think could be better okay I still think that um, the Benina storyline is not fleshed out enough mm. I feel like Thomas is kind of like there because he's like a creepy looking sackhead kid <laughs> and and his storyline doesn't really also doesn't really serve mm. that much purpose Apart from just being good for the poster. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, it's a creepy sackhead kid. He's yeah. like, he's our, you know, uh, Sadako from The Ring or, you know, every, everything needs like a like a focal point to it. Yeah. And this, he was theirs, but, you know. Can I, have, can, I, can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. Um, so we see the photo at one point of, like, Laura, the, like, the, um, I think the the police psychologist woman shows her a photo of like the you know the the previous residents of the orphanage and she sort of names all of them one of them's named Guillermo Guillermo mm. nice little nod there um but like she names all of them and like you know you can see like three or four like you know the like wardens guardians custodians whatever you would call them like the people who run the orphanage all these these women and she's like that's that person that's that person that's that person that's me um and then they point to this other woman and um they're like this is uh benigna and she's like oh, i don't remember her and she's like oh she was only there for a while and then we obviously find out why what happened and everything else but there are like three other like nurse women like where the hell are they like weren't they just like oh all the children are dead like what do we do now like did they get yeah, killed like as I, well like did I they said, leave this is, like these are questions I had yeah. at the time and I was like I well, feel like they? they've just not been yeah I understand that you can't explain every single little detail otherwise it just becomes like a fucking procedural but at the same time just I feel like that plot line was not fleshed out enough for me to have like for me for it to be really satisfying yeah um but like I said, I feel that, like other than that, like it was really good. I really enjoyed it. it. I was really engrossed. Do I feel like it did anything particularly new? No, not really. Like it wasn't like reinventing the wheel. Mm-mm. It didn't do something that no ghost story has ever done before. Was it a really effective ghost story? Yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed it. It was creepy. It was scary. Um, did it shit me up? I don't think it shit me up. It creeped you out, though, right? It creeped me out. Yeah, I was creeped. Yeah, I would say that's how it described. So I'd say it's it's got tension. It doesn't rely on like jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. It's got this childlike quality to it, which is obviously intended. Like you know the the treasure hunts and like just the little um, just the little parts to it. So it's 
yeah it, it's it's creepy as hell but like they do it they do it well so where you were saying you know it doesn't do anything new with regards to like ghost story type things but where it borrows from those things that we know are like inherently scary yeah it it uses them to great effect i think and it's just really really well done um one final thing that i wanted to add is not actually related to the film itself but during the final little scene like um i think just around the bit that you were not really enjoying all that much where it's like carlos having his you know like little moment where he he believes and like the doors open or whatever one of the candles that was right next to like on the table right next to us just decided to split its side and like start trickling all over the table so i suddenly had this sound which i could not place yeah it kind of sounded like a, like a snake yeah coming from my right hand <laughs> side it scared the shit out of me so i do apologize that you're not going to have like that level of fear at that part of the movie like we did but i was like what the fuck is that like i, I had literally no idea it and it's getting like, the hell a, out of like me. a mongoose fighting a rattlesnake <laughs> <in him. laughs> i was like really not happy with that yeah but um i've only got a couple of little factoids and then i think we're done yeah let's go to bed come on <laughs> so um uh Juan antonio bayona um prepared uh belen rueda who played uh laura he prepared her for this by getting her to watch close encounters so she's got that like richard dreyfus kind of that's yeah his, i can kind yeah, of see that the like kind of real like singular... paranoia no one believes what's going on she must reach this goal kind of yeah, thing. That, like singular obsession cool. yeah and um the innocence which is actually number 14 on our list so we'll be looking into it we'll be reviewing that so that's um like a 1960s uh there's a, a nanny who is convinced that the children that she's um that she's uh, that are in her charge are um possessed by the devil and so she's obviously like it's got that whole you are completely on your own mm. in this belief of what's happening everyone else like no one else believes you uh everyone thinks you're crazy kind of gaslight not gaslighting but you know like that that kind of you're crazy but you have to prove that you are uh correct in what you're thinking yeah um this movie actually in spain actually outgrossed pan's labyrinth um which it was a surprise to me because i mean i do love pan's labyrinth i think it's a beautiful film but it's still got that heart-wrenching beauty and mm. like death of children and like <laughs> which slight I just, fantasy which i just love <laughs> slight fantasy element but like not there's not so much fantasy in this it's just really like idyllic images of like what life can be like and yeah. how it's all a bit wrong under the surface kind of thing which is really cool um but yeah overall um would massively recommend you watching this if you love a good um classic ghost story uh if you don't mind subtitles i would like highly highly recommend you watch this film i think this will probably move up in my uh in my choices ollie is shaking his head nah, i can't see it moving <laughs> up massively if it, there, if anything there are like four or five films that we've watched already i like more than this okay but like we're still it was still yeah it's still, a good, it will, it's still a very will, good movie will, don't get me wrong i'm not when are we getting kirsty we're doing the top 100 horror movies <laughs> of all time they've they can't all be number one you know what i mean it's some true. of them have just got to be at number 84 <laughs> so um but yeah, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. There's some bits and pieces that I didn't like about it so much. Um, but now we're getting ready for... 
Yeah. Number 83. Number 83. Which is... Which is... Kirstie's looking up right this second. No, no, no. I know what it is. So this is... uh, So number 83, uh, which we're doing next week, is um, Dracula, but it's the 1958 Dracula. So this isn't the Bela Lugosi one. Um, This is the Christopher Lee, uh, like, first in the series of Hammer Horror uh dracula so like yeah we're we're very excited about that it's also got peter cushing in it who i love um and yeah it's it's just so good but um yeah this was uh yeah 1958 like it's got such cool artwork like i'll i'll definitely be sharing some of those bits on social so make sure that um Make sure that you head over to uh, Behind the Sofa podcast on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Just search for us on there. Um, we'll have trailers. Uh, you'll be able to leave your own review of the podcast or of the films that we're doing. Give us suggestions of movies that aren't on the list that you'd love to see. Um, and stay tuned for a few extra little bits and pieces maybe around Halloween itself. Yeah, maybe if you update your update your podcast app on uh, on Halloween maybe it'll be a little surprise in your, in your Halloween stocking stocking mm. okay it's tired let's go <laughs> uh, right from behind the sofa good night <laughs>